One more time. Good morning. And welcome to the worship services of Grace United Methodist Church on this beautiful Sunday morning. We're glad you're here. We are continuing our efforts to make sure that we know and we get the information out about things that are going on at Grace. If you are joining us online this morning, we, we appreciate your presence. We know we have a very strong presence online every Sunday morning, and we welcome you to worship with us. If you're ever in town, we are at 410 Harvestson Boulevard in Columbia, South Carolina, and we we welcome all who come to praise the risen Christ. Come and join us for, for service some Sunday morning. We have a number of things going on. We're sending out those notices over our email list. If you're not receiving our emails and you'd like to, if you call the church office and give us your email address, we'll let the pastor know. We'll make sure we get you on that list. If you're not able to receive email and you'd like to get that information anyway, let us know and we'll get that to you any other way we can. We have a number of things coming up I'm going to ask that you sort of be aware of on your calendar. We have... Just a reminder that we do have our small groups for adults that meet before the Sunday, before Sunday, before the Sunday service. We have one that meets at 9 o'clock, and then we have another one that meets after the service. So if you're interested in Sunday school, either can't make it here in the morning or like to stay a little bit after church, we have two opportunities for you. We're, we are also offering a class for our children. If you have any, any questions about that, if you see Lolly, she'll take care of letting you know what information we have on that. We have... A couple of announcements in the bulletin I'm going to bring your attention to. One, the first one is the blessings box, which I, a number of you asked me, you know, where's the blessing box? Well, it's out there in our parking lot, and it, it is a ministry of the United Methodist Women and the United Methodist Men and, and the church, the Grace United Methodist Church. We have a number of people that regularly use that, and we have a couple of people that actually go out and buy the supplies for that. We have supported it from a number of different ministries here in church, but we are asking if you have any desire to help with that ministry, if you would, you would fill out an envelope and, and make sure that money's going towards the blessings box. We'll make sure that money goes directly to the people that are buying the supplies. There's no overhead there, and supplies are used to, to fill that box. I can tell you that that box gets emptied very quickly, very quickly. So we ask if you have any, any desire to participate in that ministry, if you would just, again, put, fill out the envelope and put blessings box on the envelope, and we'll make sure, make, we'll make sure that, mon that money gets to where it needs to go. We also, I was also asked by the United Women in Faith to remind everybody that wants to participate in the Secret Sister that there are sign-up sheets in the narthex. I think we have some on a couple of places back there. I know Billy was handing them out this morning. They are a purple sheet that's on the podium as you leave this morning. If you not, did not pick up one on the way in, if you'd like to participate in the Secret Sister, those, those sheets are there. Believe it or not, we're about to enter into the Lenten season. We are, we'll, we'll be celebrating our Fat Tuesday Supper on February 13th. That's just a couple of weeks away. We will be having our, our normal pancake supper feast with pancakes and, and bacon and celebrating Mardi Gras style because the next day we'll be starting Lent. And, and those times are in the bulletin. I would ask that you take your bulletin, maybe and put it up on the refrigerator because the times that you need to be here for those events are in the bulletin. And we invite your participation in that. I know the men will be cooking the food for the Fat Tuesday supper. And we, and we will be having the the Ash Wednesday service in a, at a time where it's still light when we start. It'll start, start to get a little bit dark as we're leaving. So 
we would ask if you want to participate in those things, if you have any questions, if you see the pastor or me after the service, we'll make sure we get that information to you. Lastly, believe it or not, we're going we're to ask you to start collecting stuff for the yard sale. We will be having a yard sale. It won't be until August, but we have set up the space upstairs in room 203. Cindy? Room 203. If you can start bringing anything you might want to, to use to support the women in faith and their missions, there's a room upstairs that has yellow tape. And it, there's a sign that says, please put your stuff inside the yellow tape. Um, we will not be collecting any electronics, any shoes, or any clothes this year. But if you have anything else you'd like to contribute to that, if you, if you can't get in the building, we call let somebody know, we'll, we'll let you in. We're going to be collecting that over the next couple of months so we can have our, our August yard sale. And, and I, I know it's one of the major fundraisers for the women, and the women use that money to support missions. Are there any other questions in, or any, any other things that need to be brought up today? Sharon, we good? I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Let us prepare our hearts, our minds, and our spirits for worship.
Let us go to God in prayer. God of power and might, you sent prophets to your people, calling us back to your covenant and teaching us your ways. In the fullness of time, you sent us your son, Jesus, teaching with such authority that our eyes were opened to see your ways anew. Open our hearts and minds that we may understand and proclaim your teachings for all to hear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now let's stand and sing together, Guide Me, O Thou Great Jehovah, number 127 in the hymnal, and it will be on the screen. say a special word of welcome and good morning to the children worshiping with us this day. We're glad to have you in worship, whether here in person or at home with your families uh, worshiping online. We're glad you're a part of our church and our worship service on this Sunday. Today, uh, as we uh, hear the scripture in just a little bit and as we hear the sermon, one of the things we're going to talk about is authority. And uh, we're going to talk about the authority that each and every one of us has as a disciple of Jesus and what it means to work and to serve with the authority that Jesus gives us. And to talk about that today, I'm going to talk about a little bit about this thing. Um, so this uh, piece of my vestment, um, that's everything I wear is called the vestments, um, but this piece is called the stole. Uh, this it just kind of goes on and off over my head. Um, I have a variety of them in different colors uh, to go with the liturgical season. Um, so whatever's on the pulpit and on the altar and hanging on the walls and our banners, um, I try to wear the same thing with my stole. 
uh, as it goes over uh, my head most of the time, seamlessly. Um, and and uh, it, it helps us to remember, all of us, where we are in the church year, what we're thinking about, what we're preparing for, what we're learning about. So right now we've got on, well, I've got on green and we've got green in the sanctuary because it's, we call it ordinary time. It's the, the time of year, one of the times of year that we're hearing the story of scripture uh, told without preparing or celebrating in any particular way. Right, So when we're preparing, we're purple or blue uh, for Lent and for Advent. And when we're white, we're celebrating with the Christmas season and the Easter season and high holidays. And when we're red, we're celebrating the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in our midst. So these are the, the colors. And we always ha- I always have this thing on uh, when I'm wearing uh, my robe and, and when we're doing something. Because this stole, in the midst of all of that, is also a symbol of the authority of a pastor. It's, it's part of the authority that we inhabit as pastors, those of us who have that title, who have uh, been ordained, and that's what this symbolizes. It just symbolizes my authority as pastor, and also what that authority brings with it, which is the responsibility to serve the people of God in the place where I work as a Christian, uh, where I work as a pastor. So this is a symbol of authority, and that comes from a long line of scripture and tradition going all the way back, really, to the prophet Elijah. We hear the story of Elijah when he's passing uh, his authority on to his uh, next prophet in line, Elisha. He takes off his yoke, his stole, he takes off his mantle and places it on Elisha's neck, transferring his authority to Elisha to be the prophet of God among the people of Israel. And so this is just a symbol of authority, of a particular kind of authority, a pastor's authority. But each and every one of us, whether we wear a stole or not, has a, an authority given to us by Jesus in the church, an authority to serve in a particular way that connects with who we are, an authority to go out into the world to tell the story of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus gives us that authority throughout the scriptures, throughout the New Testament, into the, prof- into the epistles, the letters of Paul in the, in the New Testament and the other books in the New Testament. We hear about the authority that Jesus gives us as disciples to carry this gospel that we have received to all that we meet. To take what we have been given, this grace that God has for us, and to share it with the world. That is the authority that's given to us. Sometimes we talk about it as a responsibility, and it is that. But it's also we have been authorized to do it. God has said, you are in charge of this for me. And has given us the authority to use the gifts and the passions and the talents that God has given us to carry that good news into the world in all the ways that we can. And so we have this authority given to us, and I want us to think about that and hold on to it and remember that it's not just that Jesus kind of wants us to do it or even really uh, that Jesus necessarily needs us to do it, but Jesus authorizes us to do it. He gives us what we need, the power and the grace and the courage to go out and be his disciples in the world. 
So I want us to remember that today as we hear our scripture lesson in a minute and as, uh, as we hear the sermon that we might remember and take that authority and go with it into the world. Well, let's pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for Jesus, for his teaching, for his power, for the grace that he shows us and then shares with us, for the ways that he sends us even now to be about his good work in your world. We ask that you would give us the courage and boldness to take the authority that has been shared with us and to be your hands and feet, your workers in the world. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, as we continue in worship, uh, we share our prayer concerns with one another uh, and with the church. And I want to remind you that if you have prayer concerns that you want to share with the church uh, and with me, you can email me at pastor at gracecolumbia.org. You can also call or text me during the week uh, so that we can pray with one another, so that we can, um, we can pray by text or by phone call. Or we can set a time to visit uh, and um, be together in, uh, in the flesh, so to speak, um, uh, present with one another. Um, in person and uh, have prayer that way. Um, and uh, then we share those prayer concerns, not only on Sunday mornings, but on Thursday each week in our prayer email. Uh, and so um, if you want to be added to those prayer lists and have that time of prayer, uh, I would encourage you to reach out that way so that we can be praying not just on Sundays, but all throughout the week. Let's go to God in prayer this day. Holy God, hear our prayer. You send prophets and saviors to help us, to save us, to raise us, and our response is to question you. You heal someone's beloved and we ask, why not this one too? You shower food upon some who hunger and we complain that our stomachs are growling. Forgive us. Forgive us not for our doubts, but for our limited perspective. Open wide before us the vista of your grace and the expanse of your love and the wonder of your healing power. This day, we come to you and we pray for our loved ones, our friends, our family, our neighbors, our community, our world, and we pray especially for the family and friends of Daryl Sweeney. Daryl passed away on Wednesday and his funeral service will be at Grace this coming Friday, February 2nd at 11. We pray for Steve Webster and for Jody, for George and Helena Fox, for Marlon McPhail as he'll have a procedure on Monday, for Mike Simpson as he'll have a procedure on Tuesday, for Kitty Fashing, for Yvette Herring, for Janice O'Kane, for Darlene Simpson, for Wade Thompson, for Judith Dolce, for Robert Riger, for Alan, a friend of the Smokes, for Gator Hudson, a cousin of the Smokes, for Vivian Young, Mark Merritt's oldest sister who was diagnosed with esophageal cancer this week, for all the members of Grace and their families, for all those on our prayer concerns list, for a return to love, equality, acceptance, and social justice, for those on our prayer concerns list, for those prayer concerns that go unspoken on our hearts this day. Through Christ... We pray all this, and we pray as he taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who've trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Sisters and brothers in Christ, hear the good news. At some time, each one of us has been lost in many different ways. But now we are indeed found, and not simply found, but rejoiced over, cherished, and beloved. Your sins are forgiven. You have come home. Hallelujah. Amen.
those who are able, please stand for the reading of the scripture lesson. This morning's lesson is taken from the book of Mark, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. Hear these words. They came to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then... There was in a synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, throwing him into convulsions and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once, his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. One of the things that we like to believe in uh, the church and that is believed about the church sometimes is that the more we know, the better disciples we will be. This is a message we've kind of internalized, that the more we know about the Bible, about theology, about whatever it is, the better educated we are in religious subjects, the better disciples we will be. This, I think, is evident in our pursuit of biblical literacy, uh, which I think the best um, example uh, to show us our pursuit of that is just the volume of Bible studies that exist in the world. Uh, you can open a Amazon tab and find Bible studies that go on for days and days and days in terms of the lists of them that are out there. Not only our pursuit of biblical literacy, though, but also the insistence that the key to a healthy, growing church is more of the church's members knowing more about the Bible, theology, and about God. That's one of those things that you hear a lot. If more people just knew Scripture better, church would be fine, maybe. But knowing about the Bible and about God is never lifted up as the goal of the life of faith in Scripture. Knowing about the Bible and about God is never really given to us as the goal 
of the life of faith. In fact, the goal of the life of faith seems to be quite simply to be more like Jesus. To be more like Jesus. And as I read the Gospels, Jesus never really set out to show that he knew Scripture the best or that he knew a lot about God. Anytime he sat down to teach in the synagogue or on the mountainside or just out in the middle of nowhere or in the city gates or in the temple even, his goal was never to show that he knew Scripture the best, even though we could probably say with some certainty that he knew it the best of anybody sitting around. But it wasn't his goal to show that he knew it better than everybody else or even that he knew a lot about God which knows more than any of the rest of us about God, being God, kind of self-disclosure. What Jesus did, though, when he sat down to teach, was to demonstrate what it looks like to know God and to be known by God. And this, this is an important distinction that we miss so often in the life of faith. We try to learn about God... But what Jesus tried to demonstrate is what it means to know God. And it's real different to know about God and to know God. You can know about God all day long and still not know God. There's a lot of people out there in that particular boat. One of the things that, I think it was C.S. Lewis, but I didn't look this up because it just came to me, so I might be wrong. Um, I think it was C.S. Lewis that was fond of saying that, uh, or maybe it came from screw tape letters. I'm sorry, this is what my brain does sometimes. Um, but that even the demons know a lot about God and about Scripture Knowing about God and about Scripture is different than knowing God and being known by God. And that's what Jesus was endeavoring to teach. And it's in those ways, knowing and being known, that we are called to become more like Jesus. (laughs) That's how we're supposed to become more Christ-like to know God better, and to be more known by God. That is to open ourselves up more to God. God already knows everything about us, but we are endeavoring to stop pretending as though we can hide some things from God. Let's take a look at our passage for today for example in this regard. In our passage today, Jesus is teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum after calling his first disciples by the sea. You'll hopefully remember from last week that Mark doesn't really give us time to breathe as he tells the story of the gospel. So it was just like 
the end of last week's passage where we hear that Jesus called uh, Simon and Andrew and James and John, and then we're right here in Capernaum. It's like there's no time in between for Mark. It's just, all right, now we're in Capernaum. Now Jesus is preaching. He's teaching in the synagogue. This is where we are. And it's clear in the passage that the people of God who have gathered on the Sabbath day in the synagogue were used to hearing biblical teachers. It was a normal, everyday service where somebody who uh, knew the scriptures would sit down and read them and unpack them for them as a part of the service. They were used to this pattern because in the passage, the people who have gathered talk about the difference between Jesus' teaching and the scribes' teaching. They highlight the differences. You know, who is this new teacher? But the difference that they highlight is not about the quantity or quality of the information presented. They don't say to themselves, man, this Jesus really just knows so much more about Scripture than the last guy who stood up here. They don't say, man, this Jesus really has a, a great presentation on the screen. Uh, well, they didn't have screens, anyway. Um, <clears throat> that's not what they highlight when they talk about the difference between Jesus' teaching and the scribes' teaching, the, the other rabbis who had been teaching. They don't talk about the information presented, either how much more Jesus had to share or the depth that he went to. That's not what they say. They say, who is this new teacher who has such authority in the teaching? Their difference that they notice isn't about the information given. It's not about what Jesus knew about. It was about Jesus himself. The most important piece of his teaching was his authority in the offering. So where did his authority come from. They highlight it. They say, who is this one that has such authority? They, they say it twice in the passage. But where does it come from? And the passage gives the answer according to Mark. Because while he was teaching and while this first observation about his authority is happening, a man with an unclean spirit appears, stands up, and shouts, asking what Jesus wants. And that the unclean spirit knows about Jesus. <laughs> Everybody else has noticed his authority, but the unclean spirit knows about Jesus. He knows that Jesus is the Holy One of God. This proclamation of Jesus' holiness, his otherness, his set-apartness in the way that God is holy is the locus of Jesus' authority. 
He knows God and is known by God. He is God. And therefore, with his authority, he casts out the unclean spirit in the presence of all who have gathered. The one who knew about him didn't know him. And he cast the unclean spirit out. That authority that Jesus has comes from his knowing God and being known by God. His holiness, his set-apartness. And this demonstration of the dimensions of his authority leads to that next round of astonishment at his new teaching. New in the authority of the teacher that is connected to God. The information that Jesus taught is never explained in this passage. Mark doesn't tell us what, Jesus, what passage of Scripture he opened up to, what he was teaching about when the unclean spirit showed up. He doesn't tell us what they were so astonished about, what, what the lesson was. We don't hear any of that from Mark. Instead, the focus stays squarely on the authority of the teacher. on who Jesus is. So, in our pursuit of a life lived in the way of Jesus, as we try to be the disciples that Christ has called us to be, Why are we so focused on accumulating more knowledge about Jesus, about faith, about Scripture, instead of accepting, cultivating, and practicing the authority of Jesus in mission and ministry? I I mean, I've said it a bunch of times in my life of faith, and I know many of you have probably said it too, that if I could just learn a little bit more, I might be ready to do that next thing Jesus is calling me to do. If I could just gather a little more knowledge about God, I might feel worthy for what mission and ministry God has set before me. And it's one of those things where when we can focus on gathering more knowledge about Jesus, about faith, about Scripture, we feel like we're at least doing something. We are. But what Jesus has given us is the authority to be in mission and ministry with him as we learn as we grow, as we are transformed into the likeness of Christ. Because in every book of the story of the gospel of Jesus Christ, he gives us his authority. He gives the disciples his authority. He authorizes them and us to do ministry and mission 
in his name multiple times throughout the story of his work in the world. He gives us the authority to proclaim his gospel story, to live the life of love and grace in the world. And don't get me wrong, we certainly need to know the story to live it. We got to learn what's in the Bible. We have to learn what we believe. But once we've heard the story, the only way we'll ever get a glimpse of its deeper truth is by living it out. You see, we get our motivations mixed up. And we, we think that the whole goal, the end, is just learning more about. But we learn more about Scripture in order to live Scripture. We learn more about Jesus in order to enter into a deeper relationship with Jesus. But when we miss that movement, when we forget that flow, that it's not just about learning about, but it's about knowing and being known, when we miss that shift, we get stuck. And we spiral into believing that we have to have more information before we can be who God has called us to be. Living the gospel means that we have accepted the authority and responsibility of patterning our lives after the life of Jesus. Living the gospel is what we are called to. Not knowing it, (laughs) living it. Living in the grace and life of Jesus. Knowing Jesus, knowing God, and being fully known means that we have accepted the authority and responsibility of patterning our lives after Jesus. This is the harder work of faith, the call that Christ puts on us. And each and every one of us is called into it is granted this authority. When, as I talked about the stole, one of the things that the bishop, every bishop, uh, in the Methodist church at least, in our tradition, says when they are ordaining someone is, take thou authority. It's a reminder not of what the pastor is supposed to do, but what we're supposed to do as disciples. To take the authority that has been granted us, given to us, to share the good news of the gospel. To be the good news of the gospel. I hope that this day and every day we will go into the world ready to take authority. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
Amen. I invite you to stand and join with me as we affirm our faith using the Apostles' Creed. It's number 881 in the hymnal, and it'll be on the screen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. before we sing it.
As we prepare to give back to God out of all that God has so graciously given to us, I want to just remind you of our giving options here at Grace. You can give online at gracecolumbia.org and find our giving page from the homepage. Uh, From the giving page, you can set up an account or make a gift as a guest. You can make a one-time gift either of those ways, or uh, as an account holder, you can set up a recurring gift so that your giving happens on the schedule that you want it to happen on. You can use a credit card, a debit card, or a bank account transfer on that giving page. Uh, If you've brought your offering with you this morning and didn't have a chance to place it in the offering plate as you arrived, you're invited to place it in the offering plate as you depart from worship today. Um, And if you need to mail your offering to the church or drop it by the church office during the week, um, if it is after office hours that you're dropping it by or you're mailing it in, please do let us know so that we can be sure to retrieve uh, your offering as quickly as we can um, and make sure that it's not lingering in the mailbox for any amount of time longer than it has to be. Um, I want to just take a minute... uh, impromptu today. Um, I didn't warn these two ladies I was going to do this, but there's, there's two ladies here today um, who served, have served here at Grace for a long time in a couple of roles, uh, and um, they have this year transitioned out of leadership in those roles um, and have handed over the reins to somebody else, but they were serving with grace and, uh, and serving with uh, faithfulness for longer than I've been here uh, in these roles. One of them is um, Karen Bryant, who was our children's council director for a lot of years and kept serving uh, after we, um, uh, needed, as we needed her uh, throughout these years that I've been here. But uh, we're uh, excited uh, for what she's going to do next at Grace as she's handed over those reins. Um, and the other is Billy Thompson, who's in the back uh, and was our SPRC chair for this whole time I've been here so far. And she's also handed over the reins uh, of the SPRC, the Staff Parish Relations Committee. But both of them served so well for so long that I just want to give them a round of applause and celebrate them for a minute for the ways that they served all these years. And so, um, and just to say thank you, uh, because it's, um, it's a big deal to, to be serving uh, and also to, to get to uh, do something new. Um, and, uh, and we're grateful to the folks who have stepped up in their place uh, and taken over those committees to Christine Shelton, who's our new children's uh, council coordinator, and to Kay Nelson, who's our new SPRC chair. So we're, um, we're glad for that this day. Let's go to God in prayer. God of justice and mercy and compassion, we bring our tithes and offerings to your altar and pray they will be used to make your amazing love known to all. Then, most often, we leave and return to our weekday lives, expecting someone else to make that happen. Remind us that your prophets, your leaders, your missionaries were called and raised up from among the people. Help us open our lives and our minds to the possibility that we might be the ones you would call and send. We pray this in the name of Christ, our teacher and our redeemer. Amen.
join with me in singing hymn number 140, Great is Thy Faithful. Our mission at Grace is as you go from this place may God bless you with open hearts to recognize the gifts and graces in one another and in your neighbors
Open minds ready to dream with the Spirit and open doors ready to welcome the reign of God's love right here and right now. Amen. Thank you.